Here's the truth. The devil drives us to sin, and then when we follow, he drives us into regret and shame. That shame, it often drives us into even more regret or more sin or a deeper shame that leads us to feel like God will use us less or is mad at us even after we've repented and turned to him. The devil is sneaky. He leads us to do the very things we'll feel condemned over and harps on that condemnation. He makes us then feel like we're not worthy to what God might be calling us to. Maybe your thoughts fall into these lines. That trying to stop sinning is impossible because I'll just fail again. That God could never have a plan for me because I've lost the quote-unquote right. Even when I repent and turn to follow God, he will never use me because of my past. I'm not worthy. I'm not good like other Christians. It's not in the cards for me. God's holding this against me. Friend, today, let's break that shame. Let's bring light against those lies. I'm here to tell you that God will complete the good work he began in you and that he loves you and he loves a good redemption story. In fact, he gave everything for it. Hi friends, and welcome to the She Lives Purposefully podcast, a place for you to be encouraged and equipped in your walk with Christ. I'm your host, Megan. Friend, welcome to the She Lives Purposely podcast. I am so thankful that you are here. And today we are bringing in major encouragement and practical help for the woman or person who is listening, who is stuck in shame. As we mentioned already in the intro, the reality is that sin leads to shame and shame can lead to more shame and more sin. It's kind of this cycle. And more shame can lead to never stepping into what God has for you because you feel like it's just not something God would have for you. Maybe you feel like, I need to figure everything out first. I need to get right with God first. Or even that everything I've done in my past, it just disqualifies me. I can't lead. I can't do big things for God. God's going to keep me in a quiet corner of the church, loving him, but not greatly using me as a punishment. But friend, none of that is true. Before we jump into today's episode, and I have to tell you, it's probably one of my absolute favorites that I've put together and dove into and researched. I'm so excited to record this with you. Probably going to be one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done on the Sheila's Purposely podcast. Before we do, I want to remind you that we are doing a new segment at the end of every every episode called Dear Meg, where you can submit any question and I will answer it anonymously on the podcast. You can comment your questions on Spotify, which goes straight to me. It won't be publicized. You can email me or you can DM me. And these questions can range from everything. Maybe it's a question about theology, about your faith, maybe just something advice related, maybe something about habits, morning routine, health, whatever it is. I'm here to answer your questions um, and bring you kind of my thoughts on it. Not necessarily certified advice. That's a big disclaimer, but um, to kind of answer your questions here on the podcast, I want to say to you, thank you for listening today. I really, there are no words. I am so, so thankful for each and every one of you who is listening. And I just hope and pray that today's episode is such an encouragement for you. Or if you are listening to this and you're like, I know somebody who needs to hear this, I pray that it's an encouragement for them with you sending it to them and encouraging them in this way. All right, let's 
dive in and let's bring in some first, some core truths about sin and shame and God's redemption. And then we'll dive into, you know, practical ways to break that shame. Now, friend, I am not going to sugarcoat it. The Bible warns us of sin for a reason. It rampages, it destroys, and it leads to death, and its consequences are real. And shame can be hard to break. Working through the aftermath of sin for many people is a years-long process and even a lifelong thing, but I'm here to tell you today that although the consequences of sin are real, shame can be broken. It can be a miraculous moment of freedom or a time of sowing truth into your life and working through wrong mindsets about faith, life, and God, but shame can be broken. And here's another truth for you. God wants that for you. He wants shame to be broken in your life and he is powerful enough to do it. And here's something else for you, Christian, child of God. God does not have condemnation in his cards of life for you. He doesn't have that for you. All right, so let's dive into these hardcore truths about sin, about shame, and God's redemption. Here is one. Sin is shameful, but once you repent, God wants you to be free of that. Another, the power of the gospel is not that God ignores your sin It is that he fully sees everything you've done or thought or said, and he took on the punishment and pardoned you. It's not that he ignores it. It's that he actually pardoned you. And on top of that, he poured out his grace and mercy, not only pardoning you, forgiving you of sin, but he made you also part of his family, bringing you under his wing, giving you an inheritance with him, redeeming and restoring and renewing your life, promising to finish the good work that he started in you. In Christ, friend, you are forgiven and not only forgiven, but redeemed and restored and renewed, not just pardon, which is enough to praise the Lord for, but you are embraced by God. Your sin is as far removed as the East is from the West, and God already knows everything you did. He knew it before you did it, and he knows everything you're going to do. He knows you fully. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Here's another truth for you. And two, actually just tying into that same truth, a bunch of verses for you. You are not your sin. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. In 1 John 1.9, it says this, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Friend, listen to these verses and claim these in your own life. These aren't just things and affirmations that we claim that have no biblical basis. These are the promises of God for his people. In Isaiah 1.18, it says this, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, he acknowledges what they are. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall become white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. How powerful is that? Psalm 103.12 says this, As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Hebrews 10.17 says this, 
Then he adds, I will remember their sin and their lawless deeds no more. Isaiah 43, 25 says, I am he, no, it says this, I, I am he, that emphasis there, who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sin. Romans 8, verse 1, which we touched on, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Another truth that I think it's really important to sit with, thinking that your sin is too great to be forgiven, or maybe you're like, I'm forgiven, but I'm not fully embraced by God, or I'm not fully able to dive into what he would have had for me because I've gone too far, whatever it is, literally undermines what God does. God is in the business of redeeming and restoring and renewing and forgiving. Luke 19, 10 says this, Jesus said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save who? That which was lost. 1 Timothy 1, 15 says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save who? Sinners. John 10, 10 said, or Jesus says this, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. He came for sinners that they may have a life and have it abundantly, abundantly. All those things that you feel disqualified come from, he came so that you have life and have it abundantly in his grace and his forgiveness and accepting that and repenting that you can have life abundantly. Another truth, God does have a purpose and a plan for you. Ephesians 2.10, which is on our She Lives Purposefully crew neck. I'll link that in the show notes. Why not? It says this, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Philippians 1.6 says this, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will Bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Another truth is this, friend. You did not lose your worthiness because you were never worthy in and of yourself to begin with. Romans 3 verses 9 through 12 says this, For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. That is the state of all humanity, of all of us, the person you think the highest of and the person you think the lowest of. This is everybody. No one is righteous in and of themselves. No one is worthy to walk in what God has for them in and of themselves. It is all grace. Another truth is this. In that same idea, you know that none of us are worthy. It says, or this is another truth. But God does and has made you new, sanctified, and justified in him. Friend, walk in that. John Piper puts it like this. To be worthy of the infinite worth of Jesus is to see and savor him as infinitely worthy. This is not earning or meriting or deserving him. You become worthy of grace, a suitable beneficiary of grace, when you see your need for grace and when you embrace the infinite value of the gracious one. 1 Corinthians 6.11 says this. 
And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Ephesians 2.10, again, I'm going to repeat this verse because it's so good. This is the verse on our sweatshirts. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 1 Thessalonians 2.12 says, We exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Another truth is this, and I think this is just so important to really dwell on, is your identity in Christ. Friend, you are a child of the king. You are a child of God. That is who God made you. No matter what you've done in the past, no matter what you're doing in the present, you repent. This is who God made you. You are a child of God. This is your identity. And so there is no shame. There is no condemnation. This is who you are. You are not your sin. This is your identity. Let's read these verses here. Ephesians 2.19 says, You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. 1 John 3.1 says this, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason of the world... The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Zephaniah three seventeen says, The Lord your God is with you, you mighty warrior who saves, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. That's so powerful. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. I'm going to read that again. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. His In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. If you are someone who struggles with feeling like the Lord is just disappointed in you, just, you know, rewind this podcast episode 30 seconds and listen to that verse over and over and over again. He delights in you. He no longer rebukes you. He rejoices over you. He loves you, friend. Second Corinthians 5.21 says this, God made him, meaning Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. How powerful. Again, that Ephesians 2.10 verse, we are God's handiwork. That is who you are. Created in Christ Jesus. And he has a purpose to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. Romans 8 verses 15 through 17 says this, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may share also in his glory. We are co-heirs and we are children, friend. Galatians 3 verses 26 through 29 says this. So in 
Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And Ephesians 1 verses 4 through 5. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Friend, before you did any sin, he knew you fully before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. So powerful, friend. He knew everything that you feel shame over and he predestined you for adoption to be an inheritor to love he loves you so deeply and you are his okay now so those are some truths that we that we can cling to in this area and now i just want to look at quickly too kind of people throughout scripture and praise God for their redemption stories and let that shape our mindset for how God works in us today. So we're going to go through and kind of just briefly mention these people, what they did and you know what they become, what God did in their lives. And then we're going to dive into practical ways to combat, to overcome shame. And so the first person I want to talk about is Abraham. Abraham slept with and had a son with a slave and then banished that slave Abraham pretended his wife wasn't his when he went to a new land to save himself from being harmed, even if it meant that his wife would be taken by another man. And who is he? Abraham is the leader of the nation of Israel, God's people, and he is called a friend of God by God. He follows God diligently and in remarkable ways too. Jacob. Jacob lied, he cheated, he married multiple women, he was unloving towards one wife to the point that God saw, we see this in Genesis 29, 31, that she was hated. Who is he? Jacob is part of the fathers of Israel. God names him Israel, and he is someone who wrestled with God and won. Then we go to Moses. Moses killed a man and he felt so disqualified by God's call for him because of who he was and his stutter that God actually had to bring in Aaron to share this responsibility of bringing the Israelites out of slavery. God obviously still used him mightily and he used Aaron too. God knows what he's doing and he is not caught off guard by us. Who is Moses despite his flaws? He is the leader of Israel, a miracle performer, and one who actually met with God on a mountain and spoke to God personally and face to face. Rahab is a prostitute who actually joined Israel and actually became part of the lineage of God. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. David is somebody who had multiple wives. He was an adulterer. He was a murderer. He commands Bathsheba to come to him and he is prideful. In Psalm 1820, David says this, the Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanliness of my hands, he rewarded me. It speaks to David and his righteousness, but David sinned a lot. And friend, David knew this, that our righteousness is from God. 
God loves a good redemption story, and we see that all throughout Scripture. And of course, you know, we see that at the core of that is God giving up himself, his son, Jesus, to save sinners. That's the redemption story. But so we see David as somebody who's had multiple wives, an adulterer, a murderer, somebody who commanded Bathsheba to come to him, someone who was prideful. And who is David? David is the chosen king of Israel. And what the Bible says, what God's word calls him, is that he was a man after God's own heart. He was after God's heart. Although he sinned time and time again, his heart was the Lord's. Solomon literally had the most wives and concubines, and he was prideful, and he was disobedient to the Lord. And who was he? The king of Israel and the wisest man. Then we go to Saul, who turned into Paul. He was a leader in the murder and persecution of the early church of Christians. And who did he become? An apostle who brought the gospel to the Gentiles. Then Peter. Peter was an apostle of Jesus, somebody who was following him closely, who actually denied Christ, not once, not twice, but three times. And who is he? He's an apostle, somebody who knew Jesus personally, somebody that Jesus loved, and he's an apostle who preached the gospel. Friend, how cool is this to see how God uses and works through and loves people who, if we were with them or we knew them or we knew about them, we would probably judge them. Or if we had committed their sins, we would might feel, we might feel bound by shame. How powerful is it to see their stories and the work that the Lord loves to do and how much he loved these people. Okay, so with all of that truth that we have, with all of these truths from scripture about shame, about redemption, about sin, let's dive into some practical ways to actually break shame. There are so many resources for this, and I'll talk about it later, but if you feel really heavy in shame, I would recommend strongly, strongly, strongly not to keep it cooped up, but to share it with trusted people and even a very solid Bible-believing Christian counselor, but open up to people that you trust about this weight of shame. All right, so let's dive into some practical ways to break the shame. The first thing is, of course, leave the thing that brings you shame. If you haven't already, repent and turn from sin and do the most to be rid of that. The second thing is to be diligent to spend time with God. And why I think that this is so important is because, friend, the devil is at work. It's something we forget often, but he's not messing around and he's after your soul. And if he can't get your soul, he's still out to destroy. As we talked about, he wants to drive you to not live for Christ, to not live in the freedom, the freedom from shame that God does have for you. He, the devil, wants you to not fully embrace all that God has for you in this life, the things that God does have for you that we can choose to still reject because shame is, you know, driving us down. He wants us to not make an impact for God where we're at. And he uses shame to do that. He's actively at work to attack our hearts and our minds with even just our own thoughts and shame, too, with music and movies that promote that and so much more. Friend, we are surrounded 24-7 by the world and Satan's work in it. But friend, God is stronger and more powerful and more able and he wins and he is in us, working in us. 
but oftentimes we allow ourselves to subtly or slowly soak in the messages of the world all day every day and sometimes too we neglect to seek god even for 15 30 minutes and dwell on his truth and his messages to us asking him to move in us and even to heal us and to break chains like sin and shame so pour into yourself good and godly things and god himself whether you struggle with whether you struggle with shame or you don't But if you do, especially pour into yourself the things of God because Satan will not hesitate to take real estate in your heart and mind where he can. Let's wash that out, combat it, fill it with other things. And praise the Lord, we don't do that alone. God is always at work in us. Even when we are faithless, he is faithful. Praise the Lord. And he is able to do more than we can hope or ask for in our lives. And he will continue the good work he began in us. So let's seek him daily and join him. Another thing that I would encourage you to do is preach the gospel and God's truths to yourself daily. So of course, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I think spending time with God daily is not only majorly beneficial for Christians, but basically vital for our lives and growing in our walks with God. And based on that, I would encourage you to take time this week or this weekend or this month to write out the gospel and God's words and truth in a journal or on a piece of paper and dive into the truths from God's word about forgiveness, about restoration, about redemption, about stories of people God has used mightily despite their pasts or even despite their sin as they walk with him, like Paul, like David, like Peter, like all the people that we talked about. Go over these truths daily as well in your time with him. These two, these truths are really handy in moments where shame does creep in or feels like it's taking over. Verses and stories to recite to yourself are so important, not just in that time in the morning with God, but throughout the day. Dwell on it and have it ready. We know from Ephesians that we need to put on the armor of God. This is a real fight. We need to be girded with the belt of truth and the word of God and the spirit is the sword. We can fight with it. So much more, I encourage you too to check out that passage in Ephesians 6, but dwell on those truths and write them down and memorize them to have them to be ready to fight off shame when it does creep in. Another thing too, to practically combat shame and overcome shame, and this ties into the point that we just talked about, but separate your actions from your identity in Christ. Friend, mindset is so important and you are no longer, if you are in Christ, you are no longer defined by or identified by your sin, period. Like we talked about with these truths, you are now a child of God and we've seen so much how God sees his people and the same is true for you. This is true for you. Another thing, and I briefly mentioned this earlier, is to vocalize all of this, your shame, the things that you're feeling to a trusted friend so that they can speak life into you speak them to a trusted friend. There have been things in my life where I just needed to share it with some of my best friends, just needed to get it out. And the life that these Christian friends have spoken into me 
broke chains it broke fear it was just like so powerful truly feeling like the lord was just speaking through them to me friends speak those things out to trusted christian people in your life and two i would encourage you you know especially if this is something that you really struggle with severely and you know what it's okay to admit that totally, I would encourage you to go to a Christian counselor, a solid Bible-believing active Christian counselor who works with you, learns more about you, all of that, and will ideally really be able to point out areas in your life where you might have maybe wrong beliefs about your past, about shame, about God, his forgiveness, or, you know, even areas where that's kind of displaying and they'll be able to help guide you to truth in a really practical way. Of course, if you are looking for a counselor, I can link our faithful counseling partnership discount which is an online christian counseling service in the show notes but i encourage you too if you have somebody that you trust somebody local that you can go to that you know of go check them out as well for sure all right friend i hope that this was encouraging for you i hope that you felt so equipped in this area i want to encourage you just if you are struggling with shame to really dwell on these things if you know somebody who is to encourage them and to share this episode with them share this episode i really just feel like shame has such a hold on us so often and the lord does not have that for us he doesn't want that for us and you know we see it all throughout scripture how that's just not something that he has for us and so no too you know what before we even dive into our next segment the dear meg segment i just want to pray for you if this is something that you are struggling with because i just really feel oh so passionately about this the lord wants to use you and i feel like shame are it can almost self-sabotage you know and it can hold us back and it can hold us down and make us think that god does not want us or want good things for us but he does he does he does he does and he loves you so much so let's pray over you right now jesus i just thank you for every single listener or whoever is watching on YouTube, God, I thank you so much for them. Lord, I thank you that you love them, that you know them through and through. God, and I thank you that you have paid the ultimate cost to forgive them, Lord, to free them from sin and shame. Lord, to renew them, to restore them, God. And how incredible are you, Jesus, that you give us all things, that you bless us with spiritual blessings, God, and that you have an inheritance for us. God, that you bring us into your family. And I just thank you so much for that. And I just pray for every single listener, however much they struggle with shame, maybe they never have, maybe it's all they think about. God, I pray that you would bless them, that you would work in them, that you would fill them with your spirit, Lord, that they would just be surrounded by your truth, God, of how much you love them and how for them you are. I pray that you would break the chains of sin and shame in their life, Lord, like you want to do. And Lord, that you did at the cross, God, help them walk in that freedom. I just lift them up to you today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for them. Jesus, move in them. Show them how much you love them because I know that you do. Thank you in your name. Amen. Amen, amen. All right, so let's dive into this next segment. It is time for Dear Meg. This question is how to let a man pursue you. And so again, these are questions that, you know, this is not certified advice. This is just my hot take on all of these questions, just my opinion on these questions. Um, and these are not questions that I prepare for. So how to let a man pursue you. 
I would say that is such a good question. I feel like there's always some give and take that you need to do, like, um, but I really let the majority of the time, especially in the beginning with Donnie, like made sure that he was really the one like initiating things, you know, initiating going out, texting, like good morning text, things like that. Um, so that's one thing. But I feel like too, um, I would say like, well, I guess I was going to say something, but I feel like that goes to a previous question of making sure that they're like seeking the Lord. But I'm assuming that this is somebody, you know, that you've already kind of vetted in the sense that they love the Lord and they are for the Lord and they're walking and growing in their relationship with the Lord. So aside from that, I, yeah, I feel like really emphasizing that they are initiating things. And I think part of that, especially in such an independent woman culture, is really allowing ourselves to hold back, to not be like super, you know, texting 24-7 all the time, like initiating all the things. I think it's almost harder for us to refrain than it is for a man to actually step up. But like, if we don't let them do that, like if we don't allow that to happen, then we don't give them the opportunity to do that. So I think really coming into this mindset of like, all right, I want this person to pursue me. I want to feel loved. I want to feel pursued. I want to feel seen, you know, all of that and really stepping back and as hard as it is like waiting for the text waiting for the call waiting for the knock on the door for them to come up to your door for them to open the door for you all those little things that seem silly but really like waiting for those things in the sense that you're not initiating those things and two i think like expecting them is a really big mindset shift that we need to have too where if we expect those things to happen then and we're kind of shocked when they don't like I feel like that's a really big attitude game changer where it's like really I don't want to say not tolerating but like yeah I guess just expecting them to take initiative to pursue and then if there's something that bothers you like they're not pursuing you in a certain way obviously I don't know the situation so I would talk to your friends about it first but like feel free to bring that up and be like right these are the expectations that I have you know what I mean um and I think that's totally okay to like verbalize those expectations hopefully they're reasonable um but i'm a really big proponent of like letting the guy pursue letting him be an absolute gentleman like all the things donnie still opens the car door like every single time for me every single door like all of it so and again those are little ways of being pursued not necessarily like really big ways but yeah i just feel, i just feel like it's a really important thing and not to be so old-fashioned but kind of just that role of like being pursued I really love it so yeah I think a big part of that is actually allowing yourself to step back and giving them space to do the pursuing I think is really huge so that would be my advice is take a step back let them you know even if it's a little awkward which sometimes it will be but like giving them the space to step up um I think is important and you'll be able to tell pretty quickly if this somebody who is down for the pursuit or or not so that's my hot take that is my advice in this area all right friend i hope and pray of course that today's episode was an encouragement for you if you were encouraged and equipped by this episode i would love 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 if you would leave a review and share this episode with your family and friends on social media or in your favorite friend group chat this helps the podcast to grow to reach new women to encourage and equip them in their walk with christ and it would just be i would just be really really thankful 
All right, friend, don't miss next week's episode. Well, tomorrow's episode we are talking about in the monthly bonus subscriber subscription. <laughs> we are having our bonus episode tomorrow, daily habits that I have been implementing and why. And you can sign up for that in the link in the show notes. It is $5.99 a month to get weekly bonus episodes, to get all access to all of our digital Bible studies, including the one we're going through right now and also to get reading plans, Bible reading plans. So literally, if you're a subscriber, there will not be a day out of the year that you don't have something to read, um, which is so incredible. There's just constantly coming in different Bible reading plans, which I love. And two, there is a 20% off reusable shop code for you. So you can sign up at the link in the show notes, help support the mission and the content creation of She Lives Purposely by becoming a She Lives Purposefully bonus content subscriber. Um, so that's tomorrow's episode. And then next week we are of course continuing our Bible study. And then we are having a very special guest on the podcast talking about all things pursuit. Um, we're having my husband on the podcast. He is a fan favorite on the She Lives Purposely podcast. I am stoked to have him back. He just finished up his master's degree. So he has more free time and he's going to be on the podcast with me. I'm super duper stoked. He is such a gem and I know you're going to love him on the podcast because he's been on it before and you guys do. So anyway, he'll be on the podcast next week, both on Thursday's episode and we will have extra content for the subscription podcast. So be sure to sign up friend. I love you. Have a fantastic rest of your day.